This is Keith Price's Curtain Cover. This is Keith Price, and welcome to another edition of Keith Price's Curtain Call. And I'm very, very excited because I'm now having a more intimate conversation. Because we have to sit really close, because unfortunately I'm not fabulous enough to have my own studio, own studio. But, you know, shout out to the folks at Hangar Studios. Thank you guys for letting me use the space when I'm there. Anyway, so today I'm sitting with some kind of, you know, I've got theatrical royalty, I got a little cabaret royalty. This woman has, I, I love the fact that as we were talking before I turned the mics on, um, Andrea Markovici and I were having a little chat, Miss Markovici, and we were just talking about how the fact that on November 18th, she's going to be doing her show of Gershwin. Wait. The title just escaped me because I'm doing it without I my call notes. It right a here. Gershwin Valentine. That's it. A Gershwin Valentine, November 18th at Feinstein's 54 Below, and again at the Raz Room on, in Philadelphia on the 20th. I believe it's a Saturday or Sunday. Sunday. So, and we were just marveling at the fact that you're still on the road, girl. What is going on, <laughs> honey? Miss Andrea Markovici, how you doing, darling? Lots of vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because first of all. I don't want to say this because that seems it's it's inappropriate, but Miss Markovici is a woman of a certain age, and at this particular juncture in time, the fact that she is still going out on the road right. is kind of fierce. What is that? What's keeping you all va va voom like you are right now? Yes, it keeps me va va voom. <laughs> of course, we're on the radio, so I could be in my pajamas for all they know. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm all dolled up today. She's gorgeous because she's got press. She's got to talk to crazy people like me. Yeah. So, Ms. Markovici, tell me, it's sort of like you are, you're, you're descended a little bit from some cabaret royalty because your mom herself had a wonderful career in the world of cabaret. And here you are now still holding on to that tradition. Is it just been, is, is this the place for you? This is the thing, you know, how people find their, their cheese or whatever it is when they're very young. You've been doing this for a few minutes of your life, and you still are just in it. It's, it's wonderful to see you present and in this. Um, this show that you're going to be doing, what was your motivation for your Valentine of Gershwin? I love that. Well, the initial show, when I first did it, I did it on Valentine's Day at the Gardenia in Hollywood. And I had never done a Gershwin show. Now, in 25 years at the Algonquin, I did Rogers and Hart. I did Johnny Mercer. I did Noel Coward. I did Cole Border. I did uh, Irving Berlin. And I had never gotten around to Gershwin. Almost every time I thought I might do a Gershwin show, somebody came into town with a Gershwin show. And by the time I wanted to attempt Gershwin, I had done so many biographical shows mm -hmm. telling the whole story of the composers and lyricists that I didn't want to do that anymore. Right now, I wanted to sing an evening of romance mixed with poetry. And what this is, is just the most romantic songs of George and Ira mixed with the most romantic poetry that I've been collecting over the years because I'm a real big poetry fan mm -hmm. and I love to recite poetry. 
and it originated as a Valentine evening. And then I realized, you know, doing a Gershwin Valentine, a Valentine to Gershwin, and a Valentine to the audience is timely, whether it's Valentine's Day or not. I mean, we always need a little love, don't we? <laughs> All we need is love. Do, 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 do. So, also, oh, can you? Love. So, this is wonderful. So, for you, then you're at a place. I'm talking to Andrea Marcovici, and I, I love this because it is very clear that you are doing what you want to do. Is that been one of the reasons why you have stayed? as a mainstay in the world of cabaret, is that because you have almost complete autonomy over what it is that you decide to put out there? You couldn't be more right. You mm -hmm. couldn't be more right. Um, cabaret is the most personal, the most autonomous art form that we have. We make the decision what it is that we want to sing, how we want to sing it, how we want to have it arranged, what we're going to say in between the songs, the pacing of the show, Everything about it is an autonomous art, and it's entirely up to us. Now, that could be terrifying, or it can be liberating. But when I first got into cabaret again in 1985, it was because I was tired of waiting for the phone to ring. I was tired of wanting that phone to tell me that I was allowed to act. Why wait? Why wait to have some other people tell me it's my chance to act and to use my gift? I needed to use my gift all the time. And there was just nothing finer than to be able to rehearse a song. Every song is a play. Every song as an actress gives me something to do. And I've been busy for 30 years, 25 years at the Algonquin and, and counting since. Always having something on my mind, always keeping my mind occupied and always memorizing. Ideally, it's better than Prevagen, <laughs> <laughs> which I haven't started taking yet. But, you know, the, the thought that it comes from, uh, you know, jellyfish, just it just doesn't do anything for me. I don't know. I'm not into that yet. <laughs> Andrea Marcovici with me here on the curtain call and you know it was just it's something about what you just said when you 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 zero it on it's like why am i waiting for somebody to give me the permission to be an artist right that is a very profound statement that you know as i'm talking to you i recognize that even in my own world of things that i'm trying to do that you just like slapped me this morning with a, a bale of truth. That's fantastic. Like that is the way that we should just approach this as artists in general. But I think it's also very good you could do this in life. Right. Well, a writer writes, wakes up and goes to the typewriter and typewriter. What world am I living in? Oh, good Lord. Oh, good Lord. That's I just said of a certain age. I didn't give anything away. <laughs> Oh, that's from that century. Oh, I see. Well, we had to take classes for them. Uh, well, at uh, least that's how we learned to use the, exactly. the computer buttons. But oh a, a writer writes, right. and um, and and you know, surgeons um, do their surgeries, right. and we should be able to get up every morning looking forward to doing what we do best. Right. And 
unless you have an audition every single day, if you're lucky enough as an actor, you have a chance to, you know, exercise your chops. But I think that it, we have to be self-motivated. We, we absolutely yeah. must keep ourselves self-motivated or we fall into depression. Exactly. Because we're emotional people. Damn. Look at that, Ms. Morgavici. You've got me all... Wow. That I mean, honestly, I think that when you say that, it is the God's honest truth. It's sort of like, it seems that when you're, especially if you're a creative person, that when you don't get that opportunity because you're waiting for someone else to validate it, yes. for, you, you, like, yes. you you will throw yourself into a hole of depression. Absolutely, absolutely, and it happens to all of us. Yes, it used to happen to me every time I left the Algonquin. I would sing for uh, seven to ten weeks, mm -hmm. and then January would roll around, and I would go down for the count. Wow, because in, here in New York you have the weather in addition to the emotional Yes, the, the natural depression of January, yeah. post-holiday season, when you're worried about how many calories you've consumed. <laughs> how much you've spent. <laughs> how much you've spent. I mean, there's the natural depression anyway. But I would have that post-performance um, performance blues. Yeah. And, it, and then I would just pick myself up and start working on a new show and getting new ideas and starting the research for something new. And what's, what's important in my career now is that I really have to self-motivate because I don't have the Algonquin any longer. Right, right. 25 more is the years. Pity. More is the pity for the sake of New York, not just the sake of me. <laughs> I mean... Like, again, an institution. Absolutely. An, an institution. Another institution bites the dust. And for what? Ultimately, for what in New York City? Another building, another restaurant. An like, I don't understand. They're not using the room at all, as it turns out. It's just a breakfast nook. A nook. I can't. I can't. A nook. A nook book. <laughs> like, for the Algonquin. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Man, Andrea Markovici. This is, this is really kind of groovy because you talked about all of the different composers that you've done profiles for for your cabaret shows and the um never having done gershwin is there anybody else on that list of of are, are there other composers that you would love to do like a learner and low night or something like that you know interestingly mm -hmm. enough um i haven't done a learner evening because i got all the research done and then this may sound a little odd but i gave the show all my research to Barbara Brussel, and I helped her put her show together. So I, um, and that turned into a beautiful album. I actually helped structure that show for her. And um, right now, um, KT and Mark Nadler have a fabulous Learner in Love show. So I've never done a Learner in Love show, it's true. But I, have had a fantastic, fantastic um, inspiration by doing not only composer shows, but I've done shows about Hildegard, mm -hmm. Gertrude Lawrence, Ruth Etting. I've done shows about the great torch singers of the 20s and 30s. Um, hopefully my inspiration is not going to leave me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't expect it to. Well, I think, you know, one of the big things is that if you're keeping yourself busy by memorizing new songs all the time, that's certainly a part of the keeping it fresh and keeping it popping inside. It that's sure is. That's a great is. idea, though. Yeah. So, again, 
you know, no learner and low. Are there any other composers that you're thinking about dabbling in or maybe do a like a, a selection, a suite from different groups and kind of combine it all in one night? That's not a bad idea. Jimmy McHugh interests me because mm-hmm. Jimmy McHugh wrote with a lot of wonderful lyricists, mm-hmm. Dorothy Fields most notably, but I haven't done a Jimmy McHugh show. And, you know, it's almost time for me to turn around and finally do another night of modern composers. It's about time that I give a lift up Mm -hmm. to... There's so many great writers out there. I go to the songwriter evenings, and they don't get enough of a break. Well, you know, I was going to ask you, of of the contemporary people that are having wonderful moments, who who is it that's catching your eye? Well, I've always been fond of of Craig Carnelia and John Bucchino and um, Francesca Blumenthal and Christine Lavin. And, but, but at that point, they've already had quite a lot of attention. So I would be l- literally starting from scratch and seeking out Michael Kirker, who would teach me who was hot Mm-hmm. And and um, I did just recently sing something from um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which was a David Yazbek song. I sing um, What Was a Woman to Do, which is a, a delightful, delightful song. He's got some really good stuff in his collection of theater things. Like If the Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, it's one of my favorite mm-hmm. kind of w- interesting collections of a period. Because it's yeah. like very Spain 90s. Yeah. But there's just something really fun about everything that's involved with it. I mean, I, I think it's probably the cast, too. Cause... I don't expect to be singing anything from Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean... <laughs> or, or better yet, Andrea Markovici does Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I can sing patter songs by Cole Porter and Noel Coward, but not that kind of patter. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do it. <laughs> well, you should think of it as a challenge, Andrea. Well, memorizing it would keep me young. Yeah. That's for sure. You know, that that's like one of those shows that, believe it or not, I've heard from different people in different parts of the country that have said that they have teens and, and tweens oh, that yeah. literally know every word of that show. And what could be better? How I mean, isn't that is fantastic? That? You know, I feel so like, you know, well, back in the 70s, I was very excited that I knew all the words to the Grease show. Oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Superstar or something, <laughs> something like that. You know. or, or hair. <laughs> you know, but wow, we didn't have Hamilton in the, in the 70s. And how did they memorize it? I assume that the, yeah, the words are like, in the yeah. the words are in the uh, uh, cast album. Yeah, but it's still a lot. But I mean, mouthful, my god. But it's incredible. Isn't it, isn't it amazing? So for you that you you know, we're talking about Hamilton and you know, your career in terms of the theater. When you look at the the trend and you look at the change of Broadway, like just say in the last 35 years. Mm. That's just I mean it's been a, a huge amount of acceptance and change in a world, like, like at some point where the things that we see now, we know that in a 1975 show, we would have never seen. You know? Well, except, except you know, after, <laughs> after, after Hair, everything really started yeah. to change. I mean, Hair was revolutionary. Yeah. It really was. That's and cool. and it, it laid the groundwork for things like Rent, and in the heights and but hamilton break broke Everything. every barrier that's ever been broken <laughs> i mean <laughs> let's face it it's like but it's kind of nice to see it and experience it because it, it is it's it's a wonderful sensation but it's not the same though as being in an intimate cabaret space with 
the one and only Andrea Marcovici. No, yes. yes. November 18th at Feinstein's 54 Below. Go to 54, is it 54below.com? Yes. And look for tickets for her show there. Or you can go maybe see her down in Philly at the Raz Room on the 20th of November. That's Sunday evening show, yes? Yes, that's Sunday at 7. Look at that. So or again. It might be 7.30. We have to check. Whatever. You whatever. know what? They, you know what? They have a computer. You can find it. <laughs> Jeez Louise, people are so lazy. So, you know, Andrea Marcovici has, you know, I love the fact that you are still just, you're thriving and you're doing it. And it's, I think the style upon which you're doing it, there is, you know, there's a lot of, I don't want to say old school fabulousness, but there is a certain amount of respect to the way the business operates. Like, have you watch the way that the business of show has changed for yourself. I mean, even in the world of cabaret, there has been a lot of changes in the way things are done compared to, you know, 25, 30 years ago. Am I wrong? Well, I I watch the trend right now, which is very interesting to me, and I must say I appreciate it quite a bit for the people that I know and love that are doing it, which is uh, they are they are discovering the songs of the 60s. They are nostalgic <laughs> for the 60s and 70s, and they consider that modern. Right. But, of course, it's 40 and 50 years old. Wow. But it's, an, it's a new kind of old song, right. which is uh, fascinating to me. I mean, evenings of Tom Waits and evenings of Joni Mitchell are going very, very well, and mm-hmm. evenings of... Um, Ladies of the Canyon, you know, um, sort of Laurel Canyon evenings. My dear, dear goddaughter, Lauren Fox, is mm-hmm. is doing very, very well with her renditions of Woodstock songs. And this is new. This is new again. Mm-hmm. Everything old is new again. <laughs> and to some extent, some of the music that I do, which is from way, way back, wow. my audience is is getting on my audience is aging quite a bit and my audience is nostalgic for the 20s and 30s but lauren's audience is baby boomers and they're nostalgic for their own childhood which is the beatles Beatles, stones oh man jimmy hendrix i actually put together a show called our songs many many years ago i i i already did that yeah I, I sang Joni Mitchell and Judy Collins and Joan Baez and Peter, Paul, and Mary and Stevie Wonder, and I did an entire night of that um, 15 years ago. I did an album of it called Here, There, and Everywhere. Wow, Miss Andrea Marcovici. So I guess we're going to have to wrap it up soon because she's got other things to do. She's a very busy woman, very busy. Don't wrap it up. <laughs> or wrap me in fur. Okay, let's talk about something I saw in a video. If you go to, I believe it is on the 54 Below site, uh, as you click on for Andrea Mancravici's night on November 11th or 18th, um, there's a video that's posted of you singing someplace else. And you were telling the story about, um, oh, wow. It's for you. <laughs> it's the post. I love the, oh, my God. Is someone going to get that? 
Someone will get it, but we don't have to. We don't have to. It's not for us, it's after for all. Us. You know what? And we're going to keep it in because I think that this <laughs> just shows how real this world of interviewing. You see how, how she was telling me earlier, you got to get out there and hustle. This is what I have to do. I know. This is what we're doing. We're, we're in a very glamorous office somewhere near Broadway. This is, this is the real McCoy. This is it. That's somebody's life that just wound up changing in that phone call. Um, (laughs) Because why not? Um, I lost my train of thought now. You were... I was in a video. In a video. What was I wearing? I couldn't... It was more like a... um, uh, The jacket was like a nice gold lame-ish type top jacket. And you were talking about uh, seeing an older cabaret star. I think it was Lauren Wilson? No? No. Who was it? But the song Julie that you, Wilson. Julie Wilson, that's it. And you were saying how you had one of her, you borrowed one of her boas. And I'm a freak for the boa. And when you pulled out the boa, I was like, okay. And it was her boa. Oh, my God. I actually had borrowed her boa from her previous manager who loaned it to me for a year. Wow. It was her real boa. First of all, the most luxurious thing ever. Oh, I, it was a priceless bow. I mean, that was one of those $250 boas. Yeah. That wasn't some cheap thing you get for Halloween. Those turkey flat, <laughs> was it the turkey feather things? No, this apart? was ostrich. This was, oh, oh I mean, this, this was unbelievable boa. And was that ever fun to wear just for that one song? <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. I was like, she pulls it out of the, the back and it's like, pulls up and then she just drapes it ever so and the correct way to drape a boa from the cups of the elbow you just kind of hold it forget it and I never got into boas that's one thing I still have I still have ways to go you see look at this because I never graduated to boas you never did the boa no I graduated to sequins and Uh I graduated to bugle beads but I haven't graduated all the way to the boa oh my oh you haven't lived. No. <laughs> I have a I have a long way to go. It seems. <laughs> I have a practice boa at home. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> I just sit in when I'm Netflix and chilling. That's what I Netflix and chilling in a nice little cozy boa. <laughs> You mean you don't want to have one of those blankets from QVC? <laughs> it's not glamorous enough, darling. <laughs> no, it's not glamorous enough for anyone. <laughs> oh, my God. See, this is the fun that you can have with Andrea Marcovici. <laughs> if you see her at Feinstein's 54 Below on November 18th and at the Raz Room again on November 20th down in Philly. And this is kind of you're wrapping up the tour because you started out in L.A. with this piece and now you kind of just making your way yeah, down I the coast. To, I went to New Hope, Pennsylvania, which was great fun. New Hope is really cute, actually. Isn't it cute? I like New Hope. I like New Hope, too. Wow. And so she's been kind of doing a slow roll, as the kids say, through the, the East Coast. And this sounds like something that you're going to be picking up again later on after we get through the, the break of the winter, probably. Probably, probably. I will. You just won't play Florida, right? <laughs> Depends on the election, I guess. 
Oh my! Woo! <laughs> Tear up the furniture. Breaking the chairs. She's Watch out! Killing me. She's killing me. So again, Andrea Marcovici. First of all, thank you so much for doing this. How fun is this woman? Come on, haul your butts to the fifth floor below if you're going to be in the New York City area, November 18th. And if you're down in Philly, November 20th, go to the Raz Room and see her there. Ah, uh, pleasure, honor. Thank you so much. What a joy you are. You're just you're Everybody fabulous. Ugh. 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 I can't. I gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go.